Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility presents the Vermont Conversation with David Goodman, exploring ideas with innovators, changemakers, business leaders, politicians, and activists. This special feature from Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility is underwritten in part by the Alchemist Brewery of Waterbury and Stowe, proud B Corp, using the power of business to support a clean environment and economic opportunity for all. Vermont Student Assistance Corporation. VSAC helps students of all ages save, plan, and pay for college and career training with education and career planning services, need-based grants, scholarships, low-cost education loans, and Vermont's official 529 college savings plan. Green Mountain Power, delivering clean, cost-effective, and highly reliable power to customers and offering cutting-edge products and services to reduce costs and carbon. UVM Medical Center, Burlington, Vermont, the heart and science of medicine. Norwich Solar Technologies, providing complete clean energy services to Vermont schools, towns, nonprofits, and businesses. Concept 2, designers and manufacturers of Concept 2 rowing oars, indoor rower, ski erg, and bike erg, and proud to support nonprofit groups such as the Green Mountain Club. Let's Grow Kids, a statewide campaign about the need for more high quality, affordable childcare in Vermont to better support our children, families, communities, and economy and nearly 700 VBSR business members who believe that sustainable business practices value people, planet, and profit. Learn more at www.vbsr.org. Welcome to the Vermont Conversation. I'm David Goodman. As the number of COVID-19 cases rises in Vermont, frontline health care providers are running short on basic protective equipment. Dartmouth-Hitchcock Hospital put out a call for donations of medical supplies and hand sanitizer. The Vermont Agency of Commerce and Community Development put out a plea on behalf of Vermont health care providers. In response to the widening pandemic, numerous local companies have answered the call. One of them is Burton Snowboards, headquartered here in Vermont. Donna Carpenter is chair of the board of Burton. Her husband, Jake Burton Carpenter, founded the company in the 1970s, Jake passed away in November of cancer. Burton has announced that it's donating a half million N95 face masks to healthcare providers at UVM Medical Center, Dartmouth-Hitchcock, and to uh, hospitals in New York City, as well as goggles and other items for personal protection. Here to talk about it is Donna Carpenter, the chair of the board of Burton. Uh, Donna, welcome back to the Vermont Conversation. Hi, David. Nice to be with you. Thanks for being on, and also just express my condolences on Jake's passing. Thank Um, you. We miss him. This whole conversation of Burton getting involved in providing protective equipment to healthcare workers, uh, you've expressed that this is personal for you. Explain. Yeah, you know, Jake uh, had a couple of random diseases. I mean, kind of like what we're experiencing on a big scale now where it was, you know, a disease totally out of his control. Um, You know, first he had testicular cancer in 2011. He was treated um, by the amazing doctors and nurses and healthcare workers at UVM. And then in 2015, he had a rare neurological autoimmune disorder called Miller-Fisher syndrome, and he was literally paralyzed uh, for two months in the Dartmouth-Hitchcock ICU. And I spent pretty much every day with him during that time, and I will tell you, those people that work in those ICUs are literally angels from heaven, the doctors, the nurses, the respiratory therapists. 
Um, so, you know, it is kind of personal for me, and, and um, you know, to hear about their lack of protective equipment was, was heartbreaking. How did it first come to your attention that they were, that these people who had helped you, the helpers, were actually needing help? You know, I think actually Vermont's done a good job as as well as as New Hampshire. Um, so we are going to be distributing um, some of the masks to um, you know police and frontline EMT workers and nursing care uh, facilities. But we're going to try to get as many of the masks as we can to the hotspots down in New York and Boston. And the great thing about working with Vermont is that they really have the right connections. Like, we know we're not just, you know, kind of throwing these masks out there, um, but that they'll get into the hands of the right people as quickly as possible. So uh, how does a snowboard company have the connections to get these masks? Yeah, well, it was interesting. What happened, I was talking to one of my board members. This is about exactly a month ago, and she said, you know, don't you guys have 3D, you know, at that point we had closed down all of our global retail, all of our global offices. We were shutting down. And she said, don't you have the ability to 3D print masks uh, at your rapid prototyping facility there in Burlington? And I said, yeah. And she said, you know, there's a hospital in Boston that's putting the formula online and you can just start printing it. So I called our global head of product and I said, hey, could we start printing these things? So to his credit, it's a guy named Chris Cunningham. He's been working a long time for the company and runs all of global product. And within a couple hours, he'd call me back and he said, look, our suppliers, we've been, we've been, you know, using Asian suppliers for 30 years and we have long-term solid relations with them. And they said, look, they've got some leads on some larger scale capacity for, for these masks. Um, and, you know, we can make sure that they're FDA approved, that they really have the capacity and all that. Um, do you want to do it? And, you know, they said I had to make an, uh, a quick decision because the country of Australia was coming in with an order. And if we wanted to get in front of Australia at a lower price, we would have to lock in then. So uh, we did. Um, and, you know, we had to manage it. You know, you don't just call a random factory and place an order. You've really got to manage it. You've got to say, okay, are they really making an FDA approved masks. So we had a sample sent, um, a bunch of samples sent before we okayed the production. And uh, my head product guy was in the Waterbury Park and Ride passing the mask off to the chief of staff from the governor's office. I think it probably looked like a sketchy drug deal gone down. But we got the samples to the governor's office and they got them approved. And then, you know, our people, we have over 50 people on the ground in China doing production for us all over Asia. And they were able to go in and say, yep, they're making an FDA-approved mask, and they do have the capacity to do it. You know, there are a lot of people who say, oh, yeah, we'll make a million masks for you, but they can't. Um, so, you know, we really were able to manage the process um, from beginning to end, but there were a lot of issues. Air freight was an issue. Customs was an issue. You name it, it was an issue. Who is paying for the masks? I'm paying for the masks personally. I felt like that was the quickest way to, you know, get this done. And I also, you know, I've had to 
furlough employees and everybody at my company is above a certain salary level is taking a pay cut. So I really didn't want this to negatively impact our ability to rehire um, employees. So, but you know, David, my money came from Burton, so it's really one and the same, but I, I, I didn't take it from the company at this point. Now, this isn't the, uh, buying the mask isn't the only thing you're doing at Burton, so talk about some of the other things you're doing to help. Yes, so we did gear up our 3D printers. Uh, We have three of them, and uh, we brought some furloughed uh, employees back, and we worked with Boston Children's Hospital to print a face shield for healthcare workers and parts that they need for face shields. So we're printing approximately 500 face shields and thousands of face shield parts a week at our uh, R&D facility in Burlington, Um, and that's ongoing. You know, we'll keep that up for as long as we think it's needed. Um, And then we're also, we've gotten very involved with an organization called Goggles for Docs, and so far, our um, you know our helmet and uh, goggle brand uh, division, Anon, has so far given over 1,500 new pairs of goggles to doctors, gotten them directly to hospitals. We've set a bin outside of our Burlington uh, headquarters where people can drop off their goggles, and be, it can be quarantined and then shipped. And then lastly, we opened up, we have a something we call a performer program where if you're in the industry, if you're in the outdoor industry, you can get a discount by being a member, a performer member with us. And we've opened that up to healthcare professionals. And so so they get a big discount on Burton products. And so far, I think 2,500 have joined just in the last couple days. It's a nice thought to think of the nurses and docs being able to get out in uh, outdoor gear and use it yeah. in stuff like that. Yeah, and they're responding. And, you know, I should mention there are, there are little things going on, too. We have we have a couple dozen employees who are sewing masks at home, mm-hmm. you know, regular cost masks. What response masks. are you getting to all of this from the healthcare community? Oh, I think, again, I mean, I think my gratitude goes towards them. I, You know, I'm sure they're grateful. I think, you know, I've heard from directly from doctors who say, like, a brand-new pair of goggles is sort of the best eye protection you could possibly have. Um, so I think, you know, I think they're appreciative. I don't think they're very appreciative that we don't have a national strategy to produce and distribute this stuff and that, private companies. I mean, it's nuts, David, that a private company would have to do this. Um, But it doesn't make sense. But um, I think they are, you know, appreciative of it. You've been very outspoken in in talking about the national situation. You've described it as a national disgrace and a fundamental failure of federal leadership. Um, What do you see when you look out at the, the political landscape, the global landscape right now that's that's led to a snowboard company helping to protect healthcare workers. Yeah, I think that there has been a number one, uh, you know, people kind of stop believing in science. You know, you saw that with how people feel about climate change. They don't see that it's that urgent or a certain segment of the population doesn't. So I think science has been degraded. And just the need for a federal government has really been degraded by the Republican Party and especially Trump. 
you know, he's just destroying institutions. It's not about disagreeing on how we solve problems. It's it's saying, you know, the states are on their own. Good luck. And this is what happens. And and you know, Burton was able to do this because we have a well-oiled supply chain. I know what it takes to run logistically a supply chain. The military is the greatest logistical organization on the planet, the U.S. military. Why didn't they come in and take over the logistics of the personal protection equipment and the ventilators? I'll never know. What worries you most right now in the world? Yeah, I'll tell you what worries me the most, especially here. It worries me less in in other places, but I worry about our ability to get back to work. I don't think we have the testing infrastructure in place um, that we're going to need to do that. I'm watching Europe. Our offices in Europe are actually talking about potentially reopening, and, and, and it's because the governments there, Austria, Switzerland, Germany, have widespread testing available, and they know who's had it and who hasn't and who's vulnerable. Um, and I just don't see that here. I don't see it happening. Again, I think states are scrambling for tests just like they're scrambling for PPE. Um, You're listening to the Vermont Conversation, and we're spending this half hour talking with Donna Carpenter, who is chair of the board of Burton Snowboards. Uh, What has been the impact on your company of the pandemic? And let me just start with your staff here in Vermont. Yeah, so we um, we had to furlough approximately uh, 250 out of 1,000 global employees, maybe a little more than that, mostly retail uh, employees. You know, obviously we have a lot of retail around the world and um, more than 60 stores, and so we had to close those down and furlough those employees, which has been tough. Um, and then we took a pay cut. Um, I took 100% immediately. I, f- I forwent my bonus from last year. I immediately took a 100% pay cut and um, any any distribution or bonus or anything like that. And then our senior team has taken 20%, directors 15%, and anybody else making over 60000 a year is taking a 10% pay cut. So, we, you know, um, David, we're lucky because we don't have any investors to pay. We don't have any long-term debt to repay. We do have access to short-term capital if we need it, which we do because <laughs> we're pretty seasonal. Um, but as long as, you know, as long as we can get our expenses in line with, with what's happening, you know, we're going to be okay because we don't have long-term debt. <clears throat> we're not buried by debt, and I don't have equity partners to pay. As you look down the road, what are your long-term concerns for Bert? Yeah, I would say climate change, you know, and, and maybe this is a wake-up call for people. Maybe this was Mother Earth's stress rehearsal. Uh, we need winter, <laughs> so uh, that that's really my you know that's what keeps me up in the long term at night. That the, the company has been involved in and maybe say, talk a little bit about what Burton's involvement is in climate change activism. Yeah, you know it's funny because we started David in a in a barn in in Manchester, Vermont, and. 
let's just say it wasn't the most sustainable process. We would dip these wood boards into polyurethane, and if the wind was blowing the wrong way, our neighbors would call to complain about the smell. And so we never wanted to be seen as greenwashing. We're like, hey, we make a petroleum-based product, and we can't be, you know, kind of talking out of both sides of our mouth. But it was about 10 years ago we really said, hey, you know, maybe we are never going to be perfect, but we're going to have to start uh, really committing to this. And I think in typical fashion, you know, Burton spirit, and also because we're a private company, we were able to really invest and go from being behind the curve to being an industry leader. We're the first snowboard company in the history to become a certified B corporation, uh, which is not an easy thing to do. Uh, we have a global supply chain, global offices and everything, and they had to really audit all of that. Um, yeah, so again, I think we're an industry leader, and then, um, you know, we've become an advocate through Protect Our Winners, which is a group of athletes and outdoor brands um, committed to creating a movement to change things. And it was started by a guy named Jeremy Jones, actually from this area. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you plan for, I mean, the world is going to look different on the other side of COVID-19. How do you, as the leader of a company, plan for pandemics and climate change and the future of your company? Yeah, it's hard. I mean, and that's when, you know, you you talk about sort of the lack of federal strategy. What what makes businesses crazy is unpredictability, right, when you can't plan your business. You don't know whether you're buying enough inventory, not enough inventory. Usually, David, we have an automatic kind of hedge with being global. Like, so if we have uh, a bad year, for example, it was the worst winter on history this year for Japan, and that really hurt us, but it was one of the best winters in Europe. Um, So usually being global will help us there, and we can move inventory and, and, you know, and, and and see it balance out, but with this, it's it's global, so that's um, really unusual. Are you kind of repositioning what you know the company for a post-pandemic? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I, keep, I keep telling the company that we're positioned for it. I we are totally positioned for it. I think that there will be a pent-up demand for going outdoors. I think there will be a pent-up demand for being in nature and for going snowboarding. I I really do. I think when things go back to normal, people will remember, you know, how much better it is to be on the mountains than behind a computer screen or on your phone. Uh, You and Jake are kind of an iconic couple, both in the snowboard world but in the business world as a a pair who've been associated together as leading this, you know, global brand. And with Jake's passing, that torch now is in your hands. What is that like for you? How has that changed what your job is now and your outlook? Yeah, you know, once in a while I, I, I think about it. Wow, it is in my hands. I also have three wonderful sons who are in their 20s and early 30s, for one, and um 
and and since Jake's passing, they've gotten even more involved. They're working full time for the company. So I think I came to the realization, you know, when you start a company like Burton, you don't think you're going to be big and and worth selling one day. And and when you get there, you say, oh my God, what are we going to do with this company? At the end, we don't want to sell it. We don't want to go public. Um, and I think I realized after Jake's passing with the way that my three sons have really stepped up um, to contribute to the company that it will remain um, a family-held private company. And I think snowboarding will be more relevant than ever when we get out of this. Has your priorities changed or your outlook? You know, I don't, I, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think my priorities have always been people and, you know, for example, David, seeing this crisis from the point of view of an employee is really interesting, okay? We have an outlet store in Orlando, Florida. So we, you know, the whole outlet area shut down. The Florida unemployment system was so bad, and it was designed so badly, and they hadn't invested in it, that it it crashed within 24 hours, and employees were forced to mail in applications. I mean, that's just nuts. Meanwhile, in Switzerland, we never took our retail employees, we have about five retail stores in Switzerland, we never took them off our payroll. And... Uh, the the government just funneled us the money, 90% of the salary. They funneled us directly. And we were able to keep everybody on uh, payroll. And they offered, like, free training courses for furloughed workers. I mean, the difference in how – and these are the same human beings, whether they're in Switzerland or Austria or Tokyo or – Orlando, Florida, you know, they should be treated with dignity and respect. And I'm seeing that, you know, we don't have, we're not paying people a living wage here. Um, you know, they don't have paid sick leave if they don't work for a, you know, company that offers that. It's not a mandate. So I'm really seeing a difference. You know, we've been always been very people driven, and I'm really seeing, a, you know, it's kind of coming into stark relief how differently these um, countries treat their uh, citizens. So Switzerland, the government of Switzerland actually pays Burton Snowboard to yeah, keep we just their staff. Them, we gave them a list. We gave them a list of people, uh, retail employees that we were going to, you know, they're all closing, so we have to furlough them. And they immediately funneled us every week 90% of the payroll. So there is a 10% gap that we're going to cover. Um but you don't have to as a as a company, but we're we're choosing to cover it. But um, yeah, we never had to take them off payroll, and healthcare is provided by the state. So, you know, and then like I said, the whole system crashes in Florida, and our people there literally can't get a check. So that's come into stark relief. And and the other thing is that we are a globalized world. You know, this whole idea that we're going to manufacture everything here and close up our borders is wishful thinking. It's, it's just, you know, it's a different world. You know, we couldn't make snowboard bindings in this country if we wanted to. You know, the technology's not here. The factories aren't here. Uh, we couldn't make high-end outerwear here if we wanted to. There are no factories that do that. I mean, we have to kind of accept that we are a globalized world, period, and that comes with bad things like viruses, but it also comes with really good things like 
getting N95 masks from China. When their demand was going down, I was able to order, you know, supply for here. Has the trade war with China affected Burton? Yes. You know, only about 18% of our products are produced in China, and it is mostly helmets and um, bindings. Uh, so, again, like with our sales, we're spread out production-wise all over the world, including Europe um, and different currencies and stuff. So we're not that heavily reliant on China, but, yeah, it's going to hurt us. And as a matter of fact, they're set to double uh, next month. And we've reached out to Senator Leahy and Senator Sanders and Representative Welsh to say, hey, this is not a good time to double tariffs on outdoor companies who couldn't produce the goods here if they wanted to, you know. You've talked on, on this uh, show and elsewhere about the role you take in mentoring young women in uh, business and in the outdoor industry. Um, what do you see out there that makes you feel like you've made a difference in that area? Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's more than mentoring. I mean, we really, again, it was very much like sustainability. Jake and I had this moment about 15 years ago where we were sitting in a meeting of all of our global directors from around the world. There were like 25 people in the room, and there were only two women in the room, so less than 10%. And Jake turned to me and said, whoa, this this isn't going to bode well for the long term of our company. I mean, forget about reaching, let alone reaching the women's market, but being innovative in general if if you don't have diversity. So we really worked really hard, and I'm proud to say, like, going through this crisis right now, I have 12 global directors, you know, one for product, one for marketing, one for Europe, and it's 50-50. There's six women and six men on that team running this company right now. Uh, and finally, we just have a minute left. But circling back to where we started with uh, your getting involved in providing protective equipment to healthcare providers, what do you want healthcare providers to know? I want them to know that no matter what's happening with the government, you know, the people care about them and. You know, the way the way to see all Vermonters sort of rally to protect each other. I mean, we're flattening this curve, David, and we're, you know, we're making sure that there aren't surges in our hospital because Vermonters have taken responsibility and, and stayed home. You know, and that's one message I keep giving to my company is, hey, you guys are doing, you know, just staying home is making a real difference. We did a... You know, we did a, uh, we're doing a kind of promotion with our global athletes around the world to encourage people to stay home. Um, and, and so I think just seeing the way, you know, it's always heartening to see the way Vermonters rally together. Um, and I think we were all going to make sure that our healthcare workers in this state were, were protective because that's who we are. And I'm glad we could be a part of it. Okay, well, Donna Carpenter, I want to thank you for joining us again on the Vermont Conversation. Okay, nice to talk to you, David. Stay safe. Okay, Donna Carpenter is the chair of the board of Burton Snowboards. You're listening to the Vermont Conversation. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll continue talking to Vermont health care providers and businesses who are helping out. Stay tuned. 